Hello there and welcome back to the Create to Convert podcast. Today I'm so excited to welcome an incredible guest on the show to talk about how to embrace your unique personality so you can stand out in the sea of samesies. With such a fast-paced environment right now, with such a fast-paced landscape and so much competition left and right, how can you ensure that your brand actually gets noticed and becomes your best marketing tool. It's going to be such a good conversation. I can't wait for you to dive in. But I do have to say that this is even more special for me because today's guest is someone I've known for a couple of years now, and I've been honored to witness her incredible growth and journey over the years. I met Ava back in 2020 when she joined my beta cohort of the Breakthrough Designer, my business program for designers. And straight away, I just saw how passionate she is about design and how passionate she's about helping her clients sell out and stand out with the power of branding. And I'm so happy to have had the chance to be a part of her journey, to have mentored her in her early days and incredibly proud of everything she's achieved so far. It's really a full circle moment for me to welcome a past student to this show, not to talk about the breakthrough designer, but to actually share her value and expertise with my audience. I'm so, so excited about this conversation. So a little bit of an official introduction. As I mentioned, Ava is a brand designer and strategist. She's from Porto, Portugal, and she helps badass business owners stand out with bold, strategic and 100% unique branding so they can show off their business to the world, knowing for sure that there is nobody out there quite like them. And in this episode, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into how exactly Ava does that. And we're also going to share some practical practical tips and exercises that you can apply to your business to amplify your unique personality as well. All right, without further ado, let's dive in and let's welcome Ava to the show. Hey there, you're listening to the Create to Convert podcast. I'm your host, Evgenia Devrashvili, but most people call me Gigi and so can you. I'm a designer, mama, tech lover, and business educator, and I'm here to help you skip the years of trial and error and share with you the ins and outs of running a profitable business that you love. Alone or with guest experts, we cover all the good stuff here. Business, marketing, creativity, AI, life's curveballs, and if you're a parent, even the secret recipe for juggling client deadlines with bedtime stories. So if you're up for a real talk, a good laugh, and advice, so actionable it should come with a warning label then you're in the right place my friend no frills no fluff just real raw actionable advice and good conversations i'm excited to have you here so let's jump into today's episode hey eva thank you so much for joining me today i'm super excited for our chat I'm so glad that I get to be here to dream <laughs> it's uh i think it's like a full circle i'm gonna let oh. you Introduce yourself real quick to the listeners, to the viewers who are watching this uh, on video. Let's tell them your story and also share, if you remember, share a little bit about how we actually met for the first time. Yeah. So my name is Eva. I'm from Porto, Portugal, hence the whole accent thing. I'm 25 years old. I'm a brand designer and strategist. And I don't actually remember how I came across you. It was for sure social media. And our first interaction was during a free challenge that you had before the very first launch of the Breakthrough Designer. Um, I don't remember how I came across your brand, but anyway, 
before been I while. even met you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> what is it was what, 2019? Yeah, I think I launched the Breakthrough Designer for the first time in 2020 when yeah. uh, when pan- the pandemic hit. And I was like, okay, got to change things thing. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've always been like that artistic kid. I got into communication design in college. So it's been a whole journey. If you would have asked me what... Like five years ago, if I would ever be a freelancer, I would have said, absolutely freaking not. <laughs> too many responsibilities, too many hats to wear. And uh, well, here we are today. <laughs> I have to say, because I think Eva is being very humble, but I have to say, as you mentioned, Eva was one of my very first students inside the Breakthrough Designer. But I'm not just interviewing her because she's one of my past students. I'm interviewing her because since then, since I met her for the very first time in 2020, virtually, then we also met back in May 2023 in Porto uh, when I came to visit you were so dedicated. And I remember you were, you know, you were three years younger than this. You were what, tw- 22, I think? 22. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you were so ambitious and so motivated. You showed up every single time. You implemented everything. You asked questions. And I was like, this girl is, she's going to make it. She's going to make a name for herself. And since then, it's been such an honor to watch you grow and watch you do the thing and show up and really find your thing, which is what we're going to talk about today. And it's an honor for me to invite you now as an expert in your field and really talk and share value about it, about really being an unapologetically you in your brand, showing up, embracing your weirdness, your uniqueness, and making this part of your brand so that people not only recognize you, but remember you. So I do want to really emphasize that, you know, I've been witnessing your journey for a few years now, and I'm so, so proud of everything that you've done. And I'm so honored to have you on the podcast as an expert now sharing value with the listeners. So tell me more about this whole idea of being authentic, being you, being, you know, embracing your uniqueness in your branding. How did you come to that niche? I would call it a niche or that focus specifically. It's funny because I remember that when I was transitioning from the whole nightmare internship to, I guess I'm now a freelancer, that whole period, the first thing you see, and I think a lot of small business owners and solopreneurs will kind of relate to this, is okay, you need to find your thing, you need to find your niche. Otherwise, you know, if you're marketing and talking to everyone, you're really not talking to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like really struggling with, okay, so what's my thing? I don't want to niche into an industry. I don't want to work with only, I don't know, like the fashion or beauty uh, industry or only hospitality or only, I don't know, all of those typical. Uh, I don't want to work only geographically speaking with Portuguese clients. I, I want international clients. Go on. It's the dream for everyone. Uh, and so I really had to kind of look at my past, if you will, like, because I feel like that's one thing that no one can really copy or imitate, even if they try, is what has brought you here, what has made you who you are right now. Because before we're brands, we're people. And that's what we portray when we come across in marketing our own brands, again, especially as small business owners, uh, small brands, personal brands. 
And so I had to think about, okay, why, like, why am I the way that I am? And so I had to think about all of my history and like coming across my why, you know, why is this thing going on? Why do I have a business beyond making money? Because we all want to make money. That's not a why. (laughs) Um, Coming across that whole thing was really, for me, the pivotal moment and realizing that, wait a minute, ever since I can remember anything about myself, I've always been the weird kids, the one that doesn't really get along with the cool kids in school, the one that gets made fun of for their good grades. But at the same time, I've always been really a good listener, really talkative, really artistic. Like I've always loved, you know, art class and whatnot. Um, I remember being, I had this moment in school and this, I promise it's relevant, which was just an attitude thing. Again, I was, I was the good girl. I, I had great grades, never spoke up all that jazz. And then I remember on one day, a teacher challenged, challenged us to, to go on a, on a pilgrimage. So I went to Catholic school. Um, and I remember like not being really interested because I'm not that religious. <laughs> and, uh, a boy sat next to me, turned to me and said, so you're not doing it, are you? And I was like, no, nah, I'm not really thinking about it. Why? Oh, you couldn't. The minute he said that was the minute I raised my hand and volunteered to do it. And so it felt like, okay, it's not like you're just of a goody two-shoes. You clearly have other sides of your personality. What if I amplify those? It's never, for me, owning my weirdness. It's never pretending to be someone else or creating like this character that you put on and dress on as you go film, I don't know, a reel or whatever for your business. For me, it's about amplifying the bits of your own personality that are already in you, you already have, and just, you know, turning up the volume a little. It's like, I always say this to my clients, like Beyonce and Sasha Fierce. She has to kind of amplify her own confidence to give that amazing show that we all want to watch. It's the exact same thing. Right. I love that because I think it's important to to know that when we say weirdness, it's not in a, it doesn't have a negative connotation, you know, because I think sometimes, especially if we go back to kind of like school days and stuff like, oh, this kid is weird. It's often seen as something negative. Whereas in reality, this is something you can embrace. But what about people who... You know, sometimes I have clients when we work on their branding, they say, well, I don't really like I'm very normal. You know, like I don't really have anything weird going on, (laughs) anything special. Exactly. So how would you help unravel that their uniqueness? I want to focus on the word uniqueness. I think it's a better fit. But those unique traits of character, those unique traits of personality, how do you help your clients do that? Yeah. And I love what you said about weird having like a bad rap almost. Because for me, it's humans have been taught to fit in. And when we decide to become business owners, we realize that we need to stand out. And so our mm-hmm. brain gets kind of, Absolutely. wait a minute, yeah. I spent my whole life trying to blend in. And you're telling me that now the way is to do the exact opposite. It's such a step out of your comfort zone. 
And so you really have to kind of rewire your brain to think mm-hmm. about what's unique about yourself and not what's normal about yourself, which is, I yeah. think, why clients struggle with that so much. And so my favorite question to ask them at all times is we're all experts in our own areas, right? We all know a few bit of stuff that, you know, we can talk about it for hours if we would. Um, but because we know it, we don't think it's that special. So what I like to do is ask this question in a negative way because it gets people to think about it differently. And so I always ask, what are some things in your own industry that you hate about it? Where do you go against the status quo, quote unquote, in your own industry? It's, It's kind of unpopular, I guess. But turning up that anger, it's not really anger, it's Mm -hmm. more frustration on your own industry gets you to reveal, again, that little attitude. Where would you like things to be different? So at the same time, there's this problem that I see and I think if I do it differently, here's my solution. And so that little question is a fabulous prompt for people to think outside the norm because the norm is what their industry is doing. And there's something that pisses them off about it. And you want to do it differently. That's why I did with color. It pisses me off that people are all going beige and black and white and minimalistic. And that when I log into Pinterest, I see the exact same thing over and over and over again. So let me just not do that. (laughs) I'm laughing because if you're watching this on video, (laughs) you will see a clear difference in our (laughs) branding here. (laughs) I like to be on brand. Ava has this red top. She has a, um, what is like a a shelf in the back in red. And then there is some text in a sea of black and white where red. And I'm just embracing my own brand, which is all black. There's a little neon green sign on top there, but you will not see any color in this household. I mean, so I, I love recently that. moved and I got an orange couch. So I feel like that says everything. <laughs> we'll talk about color and personality in branding in a bit. But I absolutely love what you just shared. I love that prompt because it's true. It's so hard for people to identify something special about them. Like if you yeah. ask them like, yo, what's special, different about you? What's unique about it? It's really hard because we're really bad hyping ourselves up. We're so bad at it. We can say a million amazing things about someone else, but to say something good about ourselves, it's hard. It takes practice and there's tons of different exercises you can do. You can just grab a mirror and just, you know, scream positive (laughs) affirmations at it. But it's true. Get the anger out. (laughs) Exactly. However, like turning this around into not really a negative way, but, you know, something that triggers them uh, and get them to share that. Maybe they don't even realize that they're doing things differently, actually. Maybe they don't even realize that, oh, yeah, I am trying to change that in my industry. This is what's unique about me. So I absolutely love that exercise. Is there anything else you do with your clients? Oh, I just turn into a really annoying person <laughs> in my strategy workshops because they'll say something and I'll ask, okay, but why? And they'll give me an answer and I'll just ask again, but why? And I feel sometimes like it's peeling layers off an onion. Mm-hmm. Like the first few layers are just the regular stuff that everyone says whenever I ask that question or any other question, really. 
But then if we dive a little bit deeper, we get to those frustrations. We get to why you really started a business. Because even if this, if the start of the business was something like super common, super relatable, like I need more time to spend with family. I'm tired of commuting every day to an office that I hate. That's something really common and really relatable. And anyone would say, yeah, it, it, going freelance or building a small business is a much better choice. But the way that you build it, like the all the little decisions that you take after that major one are the ones that count for who you are and what your business will become and how you build upon it. And it all comes because at that time, you are the sole decision maker. It all comes from your personality and your values and how you look at the world. Like what's your perspective on what's going on? Even if you pivot, like if you were a copywriter and turned into, I don't know, a, an OBN or a social media manager, all those pivots, all those little uh, milestones in your career link back together and come together because of your personality. So it's about dialing and leaning into it a little bit more. Absolutely. And I think the majority of listeners listening to this episode, they're probably, I would assume, they run personal brands. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially when you run a personal brand, we'll talk about also like, we can talk a bit about product-based businesses, but especially when you run a personal brand, I think embracing and leaning into your own personality and amplifying it is so important. And I love what you said about pivoting because no even if you pivot, as you said, from, I don't know, like a copywriter into a social media manager, you it doesn't matter what you pivot into. You keep your personality, you keep your exactly. persona, right? Exactly. Uh, and you, you carry that with you through all of your different pivots. And yeah. I will, I mean, from my experience, I will also say that I remember when I started freelancing, I had, I call this a Frankenstein brand. I... It was just like, oh, I like this. Oh, I like what she's doing. Oh, I like her voice. But I also like her voice. I also like this proposal and this contract and what she did here on this uh, website. And you pull it all together from, you know, all of those little pieces from all of these people that you admire trying to create something of your own. But it's not yours. Yeah. Not only from a legal perspective, <laughs> but also just it doesn't represent you fully because you're yeah. and I mean, when you're starting out, when you're learning, it's normal. You get inspired by other people's stuff. It's exactly. absolutely OK. Uh, but as you progress into your your career, into your freelance, into whatever it is that you're doing, you start gaining more confidence in your craft. You start growing your skill. You become more confident as an expert. And that's when you start, you can start amplifying and really showing up as you and realizing that, you know, like, oh, like, I don't really say those things or I don't actually really, my values are actually completely different and start really showing up as, as you. And that's when you start creating these amazing connections with people. And suddenly you see people who are attracted to you, not only because of your amazing craft and skills, but because of who you are as a human. And that's where the gold is. Because Absolutely. especially in today's world, where machines are rising, robots are taking over, and not to sound dramatic, but people are seeking human connection more and more. It's amazing being able to talk with ChatGPT. It's amazing being able to ask ChatGPT, like, 
you know, give me five adjectives that will describe my brand personality. But it doesn't it, it doesn't have that human touch that you have when you work with someone who you have such a deep connection with. Yeah. And for example, when I'm during the strategy phase of my project, one of the first things that comes up is the values for that brand. And I always say to my clients, like, look, these are these aren't just three arbitrary words that I decided to slap on a PDF document and call it a day. We need to understand if these are our values, how you embody them in the way that you do business. Like mm-hmm. on your day to day, how are these coming through? Where are you pulling these um, when you talk to clients, when you go to marketing, when you have, I have meant to do like even emails, all of those little touch points get to see those values and get to see your personality. And of course, like when we start out, we're just, we don't know what we're doing, right? We're just pulling inspiration from a bunch of people, but it comes that personality and getting to know your brand personality, which again is an amplified version of your own, especially for personal brands, it comes with time. Sometimes clients come to me and they say, oh my gosh, Eva, you need to help me because I'm so embarrassed of what I have right now. Well, we all start somewhere. The fact that you have something is already a huge moment for you. It means that you some time ago made this huge decision of building a brand in the business. So you shouldn't feel ashamed of your past, just like with anything else for a brand that applies this, the exact same way. Right. It's just a matter of building upon it and bettering it and improving it constantly. And I feel like besides, you know, the world now being all about robots, it's just in general, really fast paced. And so what tends to happen is we create this thing even if it is, you know, just a logo, um, just to allow us to put our idea out there and see if it works. Because in the beginning, we're just testing things. So you see if it works. Okay, good, it worked. But now we're so in the motions of day-to-day tasks, micromanaging, working in the business, so doing all those little bits and bobs that come on, come up during the day that we never really have the time or make the time to go back to that beginning and reassess. And that's when people fall out of love with their brands, start feeling connected, stop feeling connected to it. And things just feel unaligned. And that's when the embarrassment comes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think it's also important to say that, you know, it's normal to outgrow your brand. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just... I um, think it would be a terrible thing if you didn't. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you evolve as a person, you evolve as a business, the world evolves as well. It's absolutely normal to outgrow and kind of refresh things every couple of years. I just yeah. wrapped up recently a project with Tarzan K, and she had a really bright you know, like really a brand that pops when she reached mm-hmm. out to me. And... She just told me, like, I just outgrew that brand. I'm not, I didn't fall out of love with it, but it just doesn't represent me anymore because so many events happen in my life and in my business. It doesn't represent who I am anymore. So we completely, it was like a a complete redesign of her brand. It's completely different from what it was. And it's not that she told me like, oh my God, I'm in love with my brand again. It's I am like, this is me again. 
And I think it's really important to realize that if you're feeling like you have, you know, sometimes you're struggling to show up on social media, you're struggling to, you know, really step into the spotlight, you are losing touch with your business. It might be because you simply need to actually, as you said before, take a step back, go back to those roots and see like, does this still apply to me? Is this still relevant? Am I aligned with the values that I establish? Am I doing things that represent those values or did I lose touch? Because Mm -hmm. the world is really fast-paced right right now. There are so many things happening. Unfortunately, we do not have the luxury of time now to, you know, just like cruise around, figure it out, (laughs) wait it out, you know, wait for the clients to come knocking and all of that. It's important to ensure that your brand is aligned with who you are. So I want to get a little bit practical now because... Let's do I love it. practical stuff. I love that you shared the prompt that you do with your clients. But because what else, what other advice or practical practical exercises you could share with the listeners for them to really tap into discovering or embracing their uniqueness? Um, I think about this a lot. And I usually think about my own personal experience when it comes to that. Because again, it was that weird kid. I didn't, I, I thought I didn't have a personality. It's like that exact opposite. Oh, you're so, you know, you're so shy. You never talk. So you really don't have a personality. And it's like, actually, no. So I have this exercise that when clients really struggle, sometimes people say, Oh, don't ask family or don't ask friends about business or brand stuff. But when it's about your personality, those people know you better than anyone. Your audience knows you better than anyone if you've allowed them to see any part of your personality. So if you're really struggling to describe yourself in any way, ask them, literally. Like, you know, when in school you would ask, I don't know, teachers or teachers would write things about you so you would get a recommendation. See the friendship journal. Did you have that, a friendship diary? (laughs) Describe me in three words. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, you'll have those answers that are clearly not that valuable. But when you ask people that really like you, that really know you, you'll often get really different perspectives on how people view you. We never view ourselves the same way that others view us. That's a fact of life. I remember when I asked, uh, I think it was my cousins. Yeah. At that time, we didn't spend that much time together because they're 10 years older than me. But when I asked them what they thought about me, they said ambitious and persistent. And I was like, wait, what? Where where did that come from? I do not see myself in that light. And so if you do the exact same, maybe not your parents, because maybe that's going to be a little too biased. But, you know, on the second circle outside of that, if you ask people who have known you from previous professional experiences, previous events, um, maybe you've been the, you've been with them on an online event even, or you've talked about something with them. If you have that level of, level of relationship, just ask them like, Hey, if you were to talk about me to someone else, if you were to recommend me to someone else, what would you say about me? Like what makes me different from everyone else that does my thing. And I'm sure they'll have a perspective that will open your eyes to that. Yeah. And actually, this is something really great to ask your clients as well. 
at the end Absolutely. of Absolutely. If you have past clients, those testimonials are gold. If you want, I always have a question at the end of a testimonial who says, what made you take me over other designers? I had a client, for example, who is my highest project, I say highest paying project to date. Obviously, I had to ask her that question. And she, she answered, it was your reel that you made on a really valuable topic. And you were talking about it as you were buttering toast. <laughs> and a reel of me buttering toast was what made her drop like five figures on a project. And I was blown at that answer. Because right. she was like, yeah, because everyone else was, I don't know, in suits, in a really pretty office, giving hacks and tips and whatnot for that. And you were answering a comment whilst you were buttering toast. It felt like, okay, I want to, I want to know more about this person. I want her insights because that seems way more real. And I need more, more buttering real. toast reels now. <laughs> that seems way more real and way more authentic, which is turned into a buzzword. Um, it seems, yeah, it just doesn't seem as fake almost as perfect mm-hmm. as the rest of the videos on social media. Yeah. Because it's just, it's you. And again, this goes back to the whole idea of like, when you show up as you, as yourself, you will find people who relate to you. You're not going to please everyone. Just going to accept the fact that some people are going to be like, eh, mm, not my... pull out there who don't like Not my cup of tea, so you know, not really my... <laughs> The peanut butter jelly sandwich, whatever. Not really my piece of toast. <laughs> but Absolutely. you will find people who relate to this so much. And who knows why exactly that particular video attracted her. You know, maybe she was like, oh, I eat the same brand of toast. I'm going to listen to this. It can be anything. It's just personal. We just, you know, when you meet a group of people for the very first time, you don't connect to every single person. I remember I went to this wedding a couple of years ago of one of my really close friends from university. And I flew there by myself without my husband. And I was a little freaked out because I I didn't know anyone there. It was one other girl that I knew. I flew with her. But that's it. And I'm an introvert. So being at a wedding in a foreign country by myself, I, it was, I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do there? It's like two, three, four hundred people, I think it was a massive wedding. And of course, there was this group of young people um, that she introduced, the, the, the bride introduced us to. And it was like a group of, I don't know, 20 people, for maybe more. Of course, I'm not going to connect to every single one of them. But very quickly, you make a connection with two, three people over the simplest things over maybe what they do, over where they live, over what language they speak, over what brands, uh, I don't know, what sneakers they're wearing. It can be anything. But that's because you connect to something really personal, not to not particularly to them, but to you based yeah. on your stories and your experience and your background. So that's why it's so important to find and amplify those things that maybe you think are quite mundane. Maybe you think that, oh, nobody will get, is going to care about that, but they will. Because that's how they, when they choose between two experts in your field, two designers, two copywriters, two social media managers, that's going to be one of the really strong human factors of why they chose you in particular. Yeah. And sometimes they think that being way personal and it's, it's like we're talking about ourselves a little too much. 
And so that doesn't seem professional. But in a world where if I put my, myself in the shoes of, I don't know, let's say I'm looking to hire a copywriter or a photographer. If I have two agencies that are basically faceless brands because they keep it all professional, quote unquote, it's all about their portfolio and what they do and the services, et cetera. And then I see someone who's sharing their story, why they became a photographer, showing their day-to-day lives, even if it is mundane, even if it is their breakfast. Instantaneously, that person's way more relatable, way less scary to work with, even if their prices are bigger. Like, I don't care. I feel more at ease. I feel more comfortable to work with that person because it makes me feel like I'll be one client to her, not a number to an agency, let's say. Mm. And you, I think you also grow trust as you learn more about that person behind the scenes, as you learn more about their day-to-day, you feel like you're closer to them. You feel like you know them. That's also why a lot of the bigger gurus, the, you know, bigger influencers, they try to show the kind of like the normal parts of their life outside of the influencer part, because they want you to feel closer to them so that it's interesting for you to watch their life. I mean, you know, reality, we all love reality TV. We all love looking behind the scenes because we we nosy. We want to get to know the person better. And then when you're choosing an expert, the better you know the person, the easier it is for you to make that decision. Yeah. So, how does personality translate into branding? When we talk specifically about brand assets, the colors, mm-hmm. the logos, the patterns, all this okay. stuff that you love. Tell me more about that. Um, well, for me, the easiest way is through color, obviously. And you can lean as much or as little into color psychology as you like. For me, it's a very intuitive process. So if it comes to the client who's in front of me, the brand who's in front of me, and we together, if again, her five, let's say that their five personality traits are something like tranquil, but luxury, but edgy, but some I like to think of these as like ingredients to a recipe. And two brands, even if they do have the same ingredients, which is extremely rare, they'll have different quantities of those ingredients. And so the recipe at the end comes out completely different. And so how can I, like, what does the cake look like at the end? If I look at those five words and try to picture them, in my head, what does that look like? I learned, for example, these problems from you where, okay, what does your brand wear? Mm. If your brand were a person, what does it wear? What does it smell like? What does it eat? And you kind of get this personification of the brand, again, like Sasha Fierce. And so when you get to see that, it's a lot easier to translate it into other things. There's obvious, like, visual cues that you can use. If it's a very feminine brand, you'll use more curvy elements. If it's a more uh, impactful, strong brand, not necessarily masculine, you'll use more angular type of shapes and patterns. Maybe you'll use more texture instead of, I don't know, like those flowy patterns that we see a lot. Maybe with colors, You can think about cool tones versus warm tones, even if it is just an early decision, like what feels best aligned. For me, the logo 
and shocking, I know, as a brand designer, is almost the least important part because mm-hmm. it's the one that you'll see the least. It's often just a thing that's on the little corner of the website or on a, a social media profile pic. What you'll see day in and day out are the colors and the textures and the patterns and the icons and how they all come together. There's a ton of people who use, I don't know, those half circle type of frames when they input their photos. But what's around that changes the personality of the brand. So you never have to feel like, oh, this other brand uses orange. If I use orange, I'm copying their brand personality. Like that's not, not, not how it works. You get to, yeah, cook your own recipe almost. It, it's about playing with all of those visual assets until you look at a layout. And you can see those five words that you set out in the beginning in that layout, in that graphic. Yeah. So I want to dive a little bit into color because obviously we have very different visual brands, you and I. Both of us really embrace our visual brands. And I totally understand. I've seen your a lot of your stories on that topic. So we're going to debate on this a little bit. But Love I've seen it. a lot of stories um, on your Instagram about this, about, and I agree that there is such a trend for this aesthetic was like the all beige, um, you know, beige and black, uh, I don't know, uh, some kind of elegant serif font and what else? Maybe a handwritten person. Something handwritten. Although I'm seeing a little bit, a little bit less of that. I remember when it was like all the trend for that, but I get it. You know, you go on Pinterest, you go on creative market. This is the type of stuff or, you know, that pops up. Um, How, but then some people, for me, for example, I, I'm not a colorful person. I mean, you can see it, you know, you can see it all around me. (laughs) I, I'm not. So it's something, it's an aesthetic that I really appreciate. And for a long time, if you look back at my rebrands over time, I think I've rebranded five or six times uh, since I started six years ago. (laughs) Or my very first one, you would be shocked, but I think I shared it at some point. My very first brand was bright purple with bright red and yellow. Like that was, you know, I I was going for this like modern tech startup feel. Uh Um, Realized that I don't have a single piece, not even of clothing, but like anything, like not even a cable (laughs) in any of those colors, like nothing, never own any of that. So it was really not represent, but I wanted to feel like an agency, you know, like I thought Mm -hmm. clients are going to take me a little bit, a little bit more More seriously to show up in this like minimal textile. Uh, Then there was a trend for all things retro. Um, There was, I remember a wave, it was like 2018, 2019, retro subdued tones early colors so i had like a rebranded entirely and had all of that you know really early tones which are not really again not really me and like a really retro font i remember but it was funky i was experimenting and after that i started really going further and further into my aesthetic and my brand, what felt good to me until I reached this, like, you know, it's all black, black and beige, uh, with some <laughs> neon green, green, um, as an emphasis. But for those who do really have that aesthetic, how, what advice would you give them to still show up 
amplifying their personality, even if color-wise, they don't really stand out. Mm -hmm. I love what you said there because I feel like, for example, the the problem that I have with the, the beef that I have with minimalism is that it feels like when people talk of minimalism, they talk about this foolproof solution for every single brand. Like if you go minimal, you're guaranteed. I don't know. Insert any fake online space promise here. <laughs> uh, and that's what I have an issue with. It's just like color doesn't suit everyone. Minimalism doesn't suit everyone either. And it for me, it feels like it's trying to put people in a box back in the, if you just fit in, everything will be okay. And that's what I struggle with. Mm -hmm. But for example, if I, and anyone would agree, I think, if I look at your brand, okay, it's fine, it's black, it has beige, whatever. But it also has amazing grainy textures. It also has the that fabulous green, that really bold, impactful type. So while, yes, I love color, I will admit color is not for everyone. I've made minimal brands in color. I've done it. So it's not out of reach or limits. For me, for example, if you really do have, really don't like color, it's not even a like thing. It's a, it's just, it's not for me, like you said. Then what is? Look at other aspects of life. <laughs> so look at your surroundings. Look at your office. Like in, for our case, what's around you? Is it like, is there a lot of metal textures? Is there a lot of wood textures? A lot of fabrics? What's happening in terms of pattern? Do you have any patterns in your office or is it all just solid colors? When you, even like when you watch TV, which type of TV shows do you, are you most inclined? Are you a crime people, crime person? Or are you an animated Disney movie person? All of these, again, you can start to see how they relate and start to see patterns in a sense of what your personal tastes look like. So suddenly it's not just color. Maybe you're into like, even when it comes to fashion, mm -hmm. are you like that really dark and moody and, you know, those dark reds and dark purples and blacks, almost like rain, like crossing the emo phase, but in an adult way. Or are you, you know, chic, like a nice blazer, nice clean lines. All of those things start giving you visual hints of what else besides color can you infuse into your visuals and graphics and assets to stand out. Like it's not, none of us want to slap on, I think, a black background with white text typed in Arial. Like we know <laughs> that is not a solution. So if we know that is not a solution, then what is? Again, I love asking questions with no in the middle. So, okay, we don't like this. What else don't we like? I don't like this. I don't like this. And as you cross out options, you start to see solutions. Yeah. I, one of the, this remains one of the things I ask my clients during astrology call is because sometimes if you ask a client, okay, what, who are you as a brand or what are you as a brand or what is relevant to you as a brand? It's really hard for them to actually find the answer because they feel like they need to find the right answer. Mm -hmm. but there isn't the right answer. It's not like it's a, you know, it's a, that's it. We're going to engrave it in stone and you will never be able to change that. So again, I do the same thing as you 
instead of asking them, what are you? Is it, what are you not? What are the things, yeah. if we're talking, if we're working on their tone of voice, what are the things that you don't say that you will never say as a brand? And it's so much easier for people to say things that they're not, or they don't believe in, or they don't want to do than the opposite. It's, it's, it's really interesting. So that's also an exercise that you can do for, for your own brand, right? To kind of come to a conclusion to this topic, how, what are some of the things that you would recommend to the audience to start and do right now, like after they listen to this episode, so that they can start working on amplifying their unique personality in the way they show up, in the way they represent their brand, in the way they speak to their clients, etc. I would, so we have those two exercises, ask your clients why they chose you. I mean, it's an email. You can do that in five minutes and forward to every past email, every past client. That's easy. You can also start to look at if you have a Pinterest with like over a thousand pins that we mo- we most have, especially in the female range of our audience. Look at that. Like take a look at that all pins board, scan it really quick. And you'll see, even if it is from your home board or from your recipes board or from your branding board or your website board, you'll start to see there are some similarities across everything in every aspect of your life. So kind of do that and have a notebook like by your side and try and write down like, why why do I like all of these different stuff? Like what do they have in common? So I would do that. And then I would try and close your laptop, go outside and think about, I think like great when I'm in the gym or walking or in the shower. I think those are my three sweet spots. Uh, think about what your values are in your business. Like put yourself back in the shoes of the person who started that brand, who made that decision of like, no more, I'm going on my own. Why did you do that? Literally, like think about it. You don't need to write, you don't need to journal if you don't want to. Just think about it. Why did you do that? It wasn't just for money's sake. It never is. Sometimes the easy solution is to stay at the corporate job or at the past reality that you had. So why did you do that? And often, all those three together, you'll start to see kind of a timeline of how you evolved, how you grew. And so the next step for your brand becomes that much clearer. And I think you also, in addition to all that, I think that's a really great starting point. But I think in addition to all of that, um, you also have a challenge, right? That helps you, really guides you step by step to finding and unraveling your personality. Can you tell yeah. me more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So if if I put myself in the shoes of that person who's, I don't know, been doing this for a year or so, you had to kind of know the basis of how it works. Right now, if you're in that one to two year mark of being in business, you have a fair share of knowledge of who you like to work with, what you like to work on, what you like to do and what you don't like to do. Like there's already your fair bit of knowledge because we learn as we do. However, you're now crossing that line between You're just doing the day-to-day stuff and you're not taking enough time to look back 
to your values and look back at that brand strategy that perhaps you never did. I'm talking about me. <laughs> um, and so what I have is a challenge of daily prompts that I'm currently reformulating and to make it as easy as possible for you to not only get back in touch with that brand strategy, that the core, the roots, like you said, of your business, but how you can use those in your online presence. Because truth is, if we don't talk about our brand, if we don't talk about what we do, no people knows we exist. We don't get those clients. We don't get to sit around for them, like you said. So we need to take action. So how can we be smart about this and try and catch two birds with one stone? So what I have are some prompts that you can use in your Instagram stories, because for me, they're the easiest way of marketing possible. Even if you're really shy, think about it as something that only lasts 24 hours. And to be honest, maybe not that many people will see it in the beginning, but that's okay because it's practice for you. So you get to practice your own tone of voice. You get to understand your audience on the other side, who's watching you. And with all of that information, try and start to piece together a brand and a brand personality that you can embrace and that you can show up as. And so it's really, they're really easy prompts. It's like a question that you can journal on, an action step for you to do on stories. And then sometimes it's just a little extra juicy thing in the middle for people to just even take it further, think about it further. I've seen people who had never come on stories for the first time that I launched it and getting replies on their DMs saying, oh my gosh, I'm loving to see you talk and hearing your voice for the first time. I saw people get their first ever order for their e-commerce shop because of some stories that they did not even talking about their product, just mm -hmm. talking about themselves and their story. And mm -hmm. again, why they came up with this brand thing. So it really works. <laughs> I can't, it's one of those things where I can't guarantee daily engagement or daily inquiries. But what I can promise is that if you do those prompts, you will definitely be closer to that than if you don't. I love that. I'm going to put a link to the challenge um, in the show notes for this episode. Make sure you check it out. It's an email challenge, right? So mm -hmm. you just uh, you will receive all the information in your email. It's super easy to follow. And I love the fact that it's not only about you doing the internal work, but actually taking the internal work out and using it to promote your business. Because yeah. a lot of the time, I talk a lot about marketing and how to promote yourself, how to sell yourself in, in my content. And a lot of the time, I see people who they don't know how to sell, how to promote themselves. How do I talk about my product? How do I um, convince someone to buy something? You don't need to convince. You simply sometimes, as you said, you don't sometimes even need to talk about your services and to talk about your products. You just need to share more about what is it that you do for people to get interested, intrigued, 
curious and check it out. Uh, so, so I love don't that you tell. exactly. <laughs> so I love that you're using that strategy work that you're doing internally and taking it out and using as a marketing material because it really is marketing promotional material. So that's really awesome. I will definitely share the link for the challenge in the show notes. Make sure to check it out if you are struggling with your internal strategy work, if you're feeling disconnected from your brand, if you're feeling a little bit, you know, devastated about what is it should I be talking about in my stories online? I don't know what to post. I think this challenge will really help you with that. Now, Eva, it's been amazing, amazing talking to you. I'm in awe with your journey. Honestly, so, so proud. I think since we met in 2020 for the very first time, I think I kept telling you how proud I am of your of your growth. And I'm so happy to just really see you blossom in what's in your craft. You know, you're so passionate about what you do. You're, and even though we have very different visual brands, um, it doesn't it's it's amazing seeing the value that you bring to your clients and the hard work that you do with your clients and the results that you bring them. So this has been awesome. Now, before I wrap this up, I like doing a, little, a couple of like more personal fiery questions. So one thing, since we talked about weirdness, quote unquote okay. weirdness, um, what is one personal, weird, unique trait of character that you have, or maybe some weird, quirky anecdotes that you have from your life that you can share with the audience? Oh, I love that. So besides being a massive Harry Potter fan, uh, like to the point of an obsession, uh, (laughs) I like to include, for example, on my emails, sometimes like little gifts that are Harry Potter gifts. And those are like for my special clients and special contacts because they know. So I let them in on that little bit. But I also am a really annoying grammar and type, like obsessed, quote unquote, Nazi. Because I can't, like, there's one thing about me is that when I go on a restaurant, I'll go and search for errors on the menu. For me, and so they have the title of the dish and then they have kind of the ingredients or the description under. And sometimes like on some items, the title item is bold out on, on others. It's in italic and on a completely different <laughs> font. And I'm just like, why? Like it was so easy. It was a copy paste. Call the manager. Who's your graphic designer? We're going to change that real quick. <laughs> Double spaces also can always spot Let those. me pull up my computer. I'm going to make a quick Figma file for you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's you new. <laughs> I feel you. Um, can you share what are some of your favorite brands that really embrace their personality well? Uh, for me, I really love uh, Who Gives a Crap, which is a toilet paper brand. Mm-hmm. Like, cannot, like, I wish I could get them over here in Portugal because they're just the best. I love Innocent because they don't have like the same personality in terms of being really sassy and, you know, cursing and whatnot. No, it's a different brand personality. But if you go to the trouble of reading the small text on their bottles, it's it's to die for. It's amazing. Um, so Innocent Drinks, Who Gives a Crap? And on a completely different vibe, I love Lucy and Yak because they do embrace that colorful 
vibe and pattern on their clothes. Uh, so yeah, I love those three. Okay. And last question for you is who would you love to have lunch with dead or alive? Um, Anyone who you could choose. Oh, that's really, really, you know what? The first person who came to mind was Lady Gaga. Because I feel like she is one of the most personality filled, filled, most unapologetic women I know. And I would love to ask her, like, how? How? Because if we see like the early videos that she made and we look at her now and everything in between, that was a whole journey and we're all for it. So just goes mm. to show visits, you know, it's not a bad thing necessarily. Um, yeah. So I'd love to just ask her more, like, how, how did you see continuity in those things? Because you're even bigger now than when you started, which sounded <laughs> impossible in the beginning. And yet, you know, she's the person who wore a meat dress to an award show. Remember that, yeah. I mean, so, she's, she was not afraid. I, I know that a lot of people in the online space, and especially when you run a personal brand and you're getting started you are scared of showing up as yourself because you're scared of judgment, right? You're scared of criticism. What if people think I'm I'm weird? What if people think, you know, that, that like nobody cares about what I'm sharing? She just didn't care. <laughs> In exactly. fact, she used all of that to create her persona, to make a name for herself. And look at this, what the meat costume was probably like, I don't, I don't want to guess, but it was definitely over a decade ago, probably way more, probably maybe even two decades ago. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember, but we're still talking about it. We still remember it. Um, so that's uh, that's a really great example of really showing up and making a statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that. Eva, thank you once again for your time today. I really loved this conversation. I really loved having you on the show. As I said at the beginning, it's like a full circle from when we met for the first time, when you joined the free challenge, and then when you became a student of the Breakthrough Designer and where you are right now. So thank you for the time. I'm going to share all the links to where you can find out more about Ava in the show notes. Do follow her on Instagram. Her stories are amazing. She puts so much effort into sharing value in her content so if you're not following her yet make sure you do and Eva thank you it's been a blast thank you so much (laughs) 